Stock markets tumble as the US Federal Reserve flags a half a percent interest rate hike. The election campaign enters its third week and the war in Ukraine reaches day 60. It's Monday, the 25th of April, 2022, Anzac Day. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson, and standing in for Sean Aylmer this morning is our fellow member of the Fear and Greed team, Adam Lang. Adam, good morning. Good morning to you, Michael. Now, coming up after the show, you've got to stay listening for Sean's chat with Dr. Brendan Nelson. Uh, Brendan Nelson was the director of the Australian War Memorial in Canberra for seven years, He's now the president of Boeing, Australia, New Zealand, and South Pacific. But I think this would have to be almost my favourite interview we've ever had on Fear and Greed. Dr. Nelson is one of the most passionate advocates of Australia's military history. He speaks so candidly, really so emotionally about it all and really what Anzac Day means to him. Michael, with Easter and Anzac Day, it has been an unusual April. In an unusual few years, and for most of us across the country, this being the final four-day working week until June, today is all about Anzac Day. Since 1916, we've acknowledged this date as Anzac Day. It's a very solemn and respectful day of remembrance and commemorates those who fought and died for our freedoms, the things that we enjoy so much today. And I think it's one of the most significant days on our calendar. And Dr. Brendan Nelson is a most appropriate interview guest. He has had an extraordinary career. And like you, I think it's the interview that's my favourite in all of our Fear and Greed podcasts. Yeah, and that, that career, he, he talks a fair bit about his his career. I mean, it goes everything from being a, a medical doctor and president of the AMA right through to, to federal politics and then on to being a, an ambassador in Europe. He talks all about that in the interview and he talks a fair bit about Boeing, which is a fascinating story in itself because you just don't understand, you don't realise how big that company is in Australia. But look, that's all coming up after this episode, which is it's a shorter podcast today because of Anzac Day, but we better get on to it, Adam. The main story this morning is is really the markets because we finished last week with markets tumbling. And it all goes back to what happened in the United States where Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said a half a percent lift in interest rates would be considered in their May meeting. That's right, Michael. And markets around the world were very quick to react. Investor confidence was seriously rattled. The NASDAQ was down 2.6%. London's FTSE was down and the Europe stock 600 were both down around 1.2%. The Hang Seng dropped more than 4%. The S&P ASX 200 had its worst day on Friday since February, down 1.6% with all sectors down except healthcare. There are so many factors influencing the international market at the moment, from geopolitical tensions to COVID-affected supply chains, and the sum of these forces is putting high pressure on inflation, And that's coming through in higher prices for everything from food to cars. Historically, one of the most effective tools in managing high inflation is to raise interest rates. And that's what we saw the Fed talk about. The difference this time is that we have had interest rates at their lowest levels in economic history, including 0% in some places around the world and 0.1% here. Now, clearly, the US Federal Reserve is looking to act pretty decisively, having already increased 
rates by 25 basis points in March, they are now flagging the potential for a half a percent increase next month. Balancing the need to keep us away from persistent high inflation with higher interest rates without putting the economic brakes on too hard and putting the economy into recession and costing people jobs is the goal. Now, this has always been one of the most challenging economic tasks, but that challenge in these times has shifted higher. And that is what the world markets reacted to at the end of last week. Interest rates are heading up and the future will now have higher costs for debt. So, Adam, the the local markets closed today for Anzac Day. It was a shocking day on Friday for the local boss. What happens now here? Well, as you say, Michael, the ASX is closed today, so we will have one more day to contemplate world events before we get the most current indications, but you have to expect that interest rates will be heading up around the world. It therefore becomes a question of how high they go, the impact on the bond market and the comparative attraction of different companies and sectors. I think everyone will be keeping a very high watch on the drivers and measurements for inflation as to how high interest rates need to go. And Adam, I know we say this pretty much every episode, but investors should be getting professional advice and now's probably a pretty good time to be getting some. That's absolutely right, Michael. We are in for a fascinating couple of weeks. On Wednesday morning, we'll get the March quarter inflation figures and you can guarantee the Reserve Bank Board will be watching them very closely ahead of their May meeting next week. All right, plenty happening. Just quickly, the Aussie dollar is trading at around 72.4 US cents. Gold is at around 1930 US dollars an ounce and Brent crude is just under 106 US dollars a barrel. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. All right, Adam, we're now into week three of the election campaign, although typically on Anzac Day, campaigns are paused. That's right, Michael. Anzac Day in 2019 also coincided with an election campaign and on that occasion, the leaders agreed not to make political comments or run commercial, and I think that's the right decision. Much of the political discussion over the weekend revolved around the security deal between China and the Solomon Islands. What did the Prime Minister know? When did he know it? What action was taken by the government to prevent it? And will we see a Chinese naval base in the South Pacific just a couple of thousand kilometres away from our shores? Of course, neither side wants to look soft on China. No, absolutely not. Now, after Anzac Day is done and the the campaigns resume, we can expect this week to see more of the Labor team out and about with Anthony Albanese still in isolation with COVID. But we're also starting to see more government front benches around the Prime Minister. Clearly, both parties are keen to show that they're a team right now. They sure are. And just quickly, Michael, and we know we're not a political podcast, but I think it is worth remembering the federal government is one of the nation's biggest employers and spenders, as it is in any country, and it certainly is in ours, Commonwealth revenue is expected to be around $580 billion this financial year. That's around 25% of our gross domestic product. It spends more than that and employs nearly 250,000 people. This is big business, so the decisions matter to business in general and to thousands of individual businesses around the country. 
Yeah, there's some interesting stats there, Adam, because sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the business impact of politics, particularly in the middle of an election campaign where everything just seems to be kind of going back and forth between the two sides. But really, the outcome of the election can have really quite significant flow-on effects right across the economy, obviously, but also to businesses of every size. Moving on, I wanted to ask you about COVID because we're in a, a bit of an interesting place in the country at the moment. We've got school holidays finishing in various parts of the nation, students heading back to school, a lot of people expected to return to work back into the office. What are the COVID numbers doing? Well, Michael, rather than look at the day-by-day breakdown, I thought it'd be interesting today to see the overall number of active cases. And these are pretty extraordinary numbers. At the end of last week, there are around 370,000 active cases around the country. New South Wales has 180,000, and that's nearly half of all the cases in the country. Victoria has 54,000, Queensland 45,000, South Australia 29,000, and WA 45,000. Yeah, and Adam, we mentioned last week that New South Wales and Victoria uh, were changing close contact and isolation rules. In those states, close contacts and household contacts without any symptoms will no longer have to quarantine provided they wear a face mask in indoor settings. And the same change comes into effect in the ACT from Wednesday. And Michael, alongside all those changes, we're still seeing relatively low numbers returning to the office full-time, and it'll be very interesting to see how that continues to pan out as employers and city centre businesses around the country try to encourage a return to work. Yeah, because we've seen those uh, extraordinary figures of, of, I think, at one point we had one million people in isolation around the country, and you would think that these changes to those close contact and isolation rules will uh, reduce that that number of people in isolation fairly significantly, and we'll see whether it does have uh, an effect then on the number of people who are willing to return to the office full-time. Now, in overseas news, Adam, I mentioned at the top of the show, the war in Ukraine is entering day 60, and that coincides with a visit by the US Secretary of State to Kiev. Michael, this tragedy still continues to unfold, and I think most of the world is still aghast and a bit of disbelief that this is actually happening. As you mentioned, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky is meeting US Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Kiev as Russia continues attacks on southern and eastern Ukraine. That is the first high-level trip to the city since the war began. Ukraine will be requesting more heavy weapons while continuing to search for peace negotiations with Russia, but will suspend the possibility of those talks if Russia kills any of the defenders in Mariupol or proceeds with an independence referendum in the partially occupied southern regions. All right. And just quickly, Adam, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, all among the big names that are reporting quarterly results in the US this week. It's going to be a busy week. It sure is. And according to the Wall Street Journal, about a third of companies on the S&P 500 are expected to report this week. Meta, owner of Facebook, Alphabet, owner of Google, Twitter, McDonald's, General Electric, plenty of big household names are reporting. So we'll keep you across all of those results as they come in. Yeah, we sure will. Okay, now up next is the Fear and Greed Daily interview with Dr. Brendan Nelson, the former director of the Australian War Memorial and current regional president of Boeing. As we mentioned at the top of the show, if you listen to to 
any interview from Fear and Greed this year. We would highly recommend this one. It is a pretty powerful chat. And look, while you're there, we also have the week ahead with our resident economist, Stephen Kukoulis, aka The Kook. It's a pretty good report, this one, to set the scene with all of the, the important economic data from last week and what's coming up this week as well. That's all up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Michael. It's Monday, the 25th of April, 2022, Anzac Day. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.